This is Marketing Jam, a show featuring the brightest minds in marketing. Brought to you by Canada Post. Head to canadapost.ca forward slash insight podcast for ideas to add value to your marketing. Hi, everyone. Welcome to uh, the panel here at BCAMA's Revision Conference. It's really exciting because uh, often at these conferences, it's hard to get people to uh, drive to Vancouver, drive downtown, but we were able to find the best, the brightest minds uh, to talk about this concept, the business of good and using good to market your organization. So the inspiration behind this was um, two things. One was a new show by uh, John Krasinski, AKA Jim Helper from The Office, put out a show that you might've seen during COVID about all the good news happening uh, during COVID. Uh, I then subsequently wrote an article for BC Business each week called The Business of Good, talking about BC businesses who have pivoted uh, to use uh, their business and to leverage their business to help those in need. Uh, and so they were not necessarily charities, but they're organizations that were saying, how do we do good and grow our organization that way? So when AMA came to me and said, hey, would you do a session? I thought this is a very timely topic, especially as organizations are maybe venturing into doing good for the first time. And those that are maybe legends in it, uh, like we have here, tell us who have been doing good for a very long time. So why don't we start by just going around introducing yourselves, uh, explaining who you are, where you're coming from. Uh, in this whole wide world. So why don't we start with you, Mimi? Sounds good. Thank you for having me. My name is Mimi Kanji. I am the Director of uh, Corporate Citizenship and Communications at TELUS. And uh, my focus uh, at the company is to manage what we call our Connecting for Good programs, as well as our digital literacy program, TELUSWISE. Amazing, amazing. Now, Rowan? Good morning, everyone. My name is Rowan Wehrmars, and I am with Coast Capital Savings um, right now. Um, I head up the communications and public relations team at Coast, but I have, through the years, held roles in marketing and community leadership as well. Amazing. Now, William, over to you. Uh, thanks, Darren. Good morning, everyone. My name is William Johnson. I'm the Director of Marketing and Communications at Innovate BC. Uh, Innovate BC is a crown agency of the province. We help tech companies start, scale, and stay in British Columbia within the marketing department. We really focus on making sure that we can connect with tech companies in the province, make sure that the organization can create value for them. And then since we are a crown, we need to then go and demonstrate our impact back to the government to make sure we can continue to do what we do. Awesome. All right, Tony. Uh, um, I, I'm Tony. You, I'm one of the co-founders of Vessi. We're a direct-to-consumer uh, footwear brand uh, that made the first 100% waterproof knit sneaker um, so that people in Vancouver and you know East Coast, West Coast can wear comfortable, stylish footwear in, in all types of weather. Um, recently, we've like put a lot more effort into uh, community initiatives, uh, which we can dive into a bit later. That's awesome. Well, Tony, we're going to start with you, actually. We're going to dive right in right now. Um, I want to say, I want to jump off of the criticism. So uh, the criticism of the business of good and this whole movement is, is it advantageous? Are you taking advantage of people? Are you taking advantage of nurses by giving away stuff? Are you taking advantage of the poor? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Is it, and, and, you know, I want to know your thoughts. You, you did something amazing. Not only do you keep my feet dry with my Vessi pair of shoes and, and many people, but you created this incredible movement amongst nurses and healthcare workers. Um, and I just want to know about the criticism that you may have gotten or that you've heard when it comes to doing good. Yeah, I, th I think there's always like 
two sides to every coin. Um, but as long as the positives outweigh the the negatives, um, typically that's kind of the, the route we would take. Um, the recent thing that you're referring to um, is our nurse donation campaign. Uh, we gave away a little over 2,000 pairs of Vessies uh, to the frontline medical staff uh, during the height of COVID. Um, that was a lot to do with um, our thought process of, hey, like, we're a small company, but like, what can we do to help uh, in a situation like this? Uh, while at the same time, um, yeah, I mean, like, wh while, while at the same time, um, giving back in a way to like our core community. So like uh, previously, even before COVID, we have a lot of nurses that were purchasing our shoes, uh, you know, friendly, comfortable, fully waterproof footwear uh, for nurses and doctors was uh, an industry that we never actually knew about. Uh, but, you know, over the, the year that we had launched uh, previously before COVID, they were messaging us, sending us photos of like uh, urine on their shoes, IV drips, uh, blood, feces, uh, all things that like you would never imagine that you drip on your shoes, but uh, they're coming in. So when the COVID situation struck, like we're like, well, uh, this is part of our community, right? These are our, we call them our Vessi family. Like, mm -hmm. how do we make sure that they're also taken care of? So yeah. Um, yeah, we, we had some, we had some shoes that we could give away, uh, that was taken directly out of our marketing budget. Um, the thought process there was like, well, we probably shouldn't market at this time. Uh, people aren't going to buy. So let's, let's use our marketing budget for something good, uh, cool. turned into a donation, uh, which the effect was, uh, we, we, we got a lot of uh, positive feedback from the nursing community, doctor community and so on. Uh, all that didn't come with like all positive. Uh, there are some people that were like, well, hey, like you're, you're, you're taking advantage of people. Um, why are you only giving out 2000 shoes? You should give out shoes to everyone. If you can't give out more than 2000, then, then like you're basically just trying to leverage and, and um, use this as a marketing ploy. And uh, that's kind of where you have to really like navigate the situation very carefully. But uh, we got through that and uh, the outcome was good. Um, the outcome for our company was good and the outcome for the community uh, was, was good as well, so. Yeah, like I, I actually have friends that saw that campaign that are nurses that didn't win a pair, but they went out and just bought one because they're like, this is awesome. So it, the word spread quite, uh, quite largely. Um, Rohan, I wanna talk to you. So there is a lot of great things that people have done where it's like giving a check and um, maybe trying doing good for the first time. And, and you know, it can sometimes be superficial um, and, and get criticized for being superficial. Um, but you're part of this uh, organization, this movement called B Corps. Maybe explain how B Corp, um, you can't become a B Corp by just giving away a check a couple times a year, but how deep do they really go? How, you know, how deep do they probe into your organization when you fill out that application? And, and what does it mean to get that certified organic or, oh, sorry, certified B Corp status on your website? Yeah, you bet, Darian. Great question. Um, yeah, so we were a certified uh, B Corp at Coast Capital. And what that means, the elevator pitch, I guess, around that is, is that we, as a result of being a B Corp, are sort of verified by a third party to meet high standards of social and environmental impact. But to your point, how deep does that really go? And the answer is deep, <laughs> really deep. Um, so 
really uh, that that sort of um, assessment, uh, that tool that uh, companies use and go through to become a certified B Corp looks at, I think it's five different impact areas. So it looks at your governance structure as an organization, um, workers, mm -hmm. um, community, uh, customers, and of course, environment as well. And sort of what is the positive impact that you are having across all of these different areas? And uh, so I think, you know, there's, it's, it's different for every company because there's a different assessment for every company, but I think it's somewhere in the range of around 200 different questions that you're answering in terms of the ways that you're creating impact in these areas. So it, it does run pretty deep. And I think, you know, um, back to, you know, your, your original point around some companies are just sort of starting to get into this, this space. And it's sort of like, how do you proceed? And, and there's all this criticism sometimes that can come along with that. And I think, I think really it's, you know, it's down to kind of like the basis of this panel and the piece you put together in BC Business, Darian. It's, it's, it's about doing good, but I think it's also about moving to this place um, from, from just doing good and wanting to do something good to actually let's run companies and businesses that just are good. Like we inherently are at our core. And I think that's the, the transformation that we're starting to see right now as you know, consumers want to see organizations doing this. It's not just about doing a good thing. It's like transforming our companies from the inside out to be good. Uh, so if you see a B Corp logo on a you know, product, a water bottle, a website, et cetera, you know they've gone through this 200 point audit uh, they have to adhere to it every year and it goes deep into even what's in their HR handbook, you're saying. Exactly. And I think, you know, it's not unlike the certified organic label, right? Where it's kind of like the homework has been done for you. You can sort of identify that and go, ah, okay, check. I want to do business with caring companies, companies that are doing good things for the world. So this is a brand that resonates with me without you having to go through sort of that, that, that audit on your own, which is super time consuming and frustrating. Yeah. Uh, speaking of which, having a certification process, William, looking to you, when you go to purchase something, when you go to buy something, subscribe to something, what are the filters that you put on and how, how do you pick something in the world where there's so many options these days? Like when you're comparing apples to apples to apples, how do you decide? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there, there's so many angles on this. This is, this is a session on doing good, but something that I, I want to hone in on is just, I, I, I don't know if you've ever heard the term being long-term um, so there's, you know, companies that are doing short-term things and then there are companies, again, like a B Corp that really invests in not just doing good things and sending out press releases, but um, taking steps to make sure that their, their company is a good company that people can rely on. So again, I'll just use a, a company that everyone knows, Apple, right? You look at a company like Apple and um, just the attention that they pay to privacy, for example, mm -hmm. right? Um, they release a lot of products, software, like one of the biggest value problems they can give to any consumer is the fact that your data is your data and they've got incredible software. So when you're using your iPhone and maps and stuff, like Apple doesn't get that information. It stays on your device. Uh, so that is an example of a company that like, you know, built into its DNA is the principle that, you know, people's information are their information. And again, we are talking about news earlier, Darian, like Apple is often at odds with the government because they won't unlock their iPhones, you know what I mean, for the FBI, right? And so that's a company that, you know, really stands by their principles. Uh, and they're doing that in the long run because they think in the long run that that's mm -hmm. what uh, is good for people, right? And good for society. Uh, so I, I look at those types of cues whenever I'm looking at a brand who, I, who I'm gonna buy with. And then if we look at 
innovate VC, or maybe you'll get to this. Like whenever we look at companies that we're going to give grants to or invest in, right? Like uh, fundamental there is, is this the technology or an innovation that uh, will solve a problem in British Columbia? Great value for businesses, businesses which create jobs, and then also will it make life better for people in BC and around the world? Uh, so that's absolutely a criteria and a, and a calculation that we make, and I can talk more about that later. That's awesome, uh, Ryan. Just a, a question for you from the audience: Were you at Coast Capital when they changed from pre B Corp to post B Corp? Were you there for that? Yeah, I was, and actually that was uh, during my time uh, on our community leadership team. So I actually led that process. So I'm pretty intimate with it. Um, yeah, and I, I saw the question there around what were what were some of the benefits. So as we talked about, there's kind of that you know that. Uh, brand stamp there that that consumers should, can just sort of look at, which is maybe more relevant in sort of like a consumer packaged goods um, environment or business. Um, but also, you know, there. So the B Corp community holds itself uh, accountable, really, to ongoing improvement. So in addition to kind of the the brand and marketing benefits, there's that that you you are continuing to strive to kind of the latest and greatest in social um, and environmental impact. But the other piece that was a surprise to me really was the power of kind of the global B Corp community. So mm -hmm. I think there's upwards of 3000 B Corps around the globe right now. And you know, some pretty, um, some pretty big organizations, there's the Patagonias of the world, mm -hmm. right? That are real leaders, um, but but by joining that community, you become connected to those mm -hmm. B corps and also small organizations, smaller organizations as well, like we're an organization, Darian. Which you know, um, like it's it's just we all have something in common and we're all working towards something. Yeah. But again, back to the business benefits, um, there's something uh, referred to as the B economy, and mm -hmm. the B economy is really about B corps doing business with B corps, which is mm -hmm. really at its core. Um, only helping the success of all of these organizations who are creating these good and then perpetuating that good back into the community. So I would say that's been a big unexpected benefit is just the power of that community to drive impact as well as to grow your business. Great. So uh, Tentree is another great local yeah. member that you'd be proud of. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, and Ben and Jerry's. So uh, maybe that's uh, something to think about when you walk down the ice cream aisle. So Nimi, uh, Wow. So tell us, uh, give where you live. Uh, people know the slogan. It's engraved in our brains because we see it in the, in the vans everywhere. Um, I've been on the receiving end uh, working for a charity that got one of the TELUS grants. Um, but I'm just saying, you're known, Darren Entewise is on the TV. TELUS is known across the country as being giving and generous and giving some more. And then, they, and then they're like, oh, let's give some more. Um, so the question for you is, how is TELUS filtered? Where to give? There's so many options. There's so many micro charities. Um, great causes, large charities. How do you put on that filter to find, man, this is the right partner for us? And and what can these businesses learn and, and businesses who are marketing learn from how to partner with the right ones? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. It um, you know we receive so many applications and requests from organizations for support, and you know reading through them, we want to do as much as we possibly can to help. Um, and sometimes it is very difficult to choose. There's tough choices to be made, but really i think fundamentally we're, we're guided at telus by our social purpose and all of the uh, decisions we make around which organizations to support partner with which programs to launch and expand um it's really all centered around our social purpose nice. and i think roanne was talking about like 
your social purpose and what you choose to do in terms of doing good shouldn't be just kind of on the periphery and something that is like an, an addendum to, to your, your business. It should be really central to your business. And so, you know, like our social, social purpose at TELUS is to really use our technology um, and our people to address societal issues and, and drive remarkable outcomes. And so that is kind of first and foremost what we look at when we are looking at different options to consider. Um, and then if I go down the level from kind of our social purpose, we've identified, you know, we call them pillars internally, but four pillars that kind of hold up our social purpose. And again, we really use those to help define kind of where we're going to invest and where we're going to, to provide our support. Um, and those include things that are, are very much aligned to our core business. So, you know, helping um, Canadians with connectivity, getting people connected that wouldn't otherwise have access as an example, um, transforming healthcare. So doing really cool things to bring healthcare to people that wouldn't otherwise have access. Um, caring for our environment is a huge priority for TELUS. Um, and then, of course, giving back, as you talked about, that we give where we live is, is huge. Um, so we social, our social purpose and our social purpose pillars are definitely kind of a lens that we apply when making these decisions. And then the other big thing um, are also the, um, the UN Sustainable Development Goals. Um, so always looking kind of at our, at our decision making through that lens. Um, and determining where we want to have an impact. So, you know, in my introduction, I talked about like our Connecting for Good uh, portfolio. Um, um, in addition to the Connecting for Good portfolio, we also have uh, Tell Us Wise, which is a digital literacy education program. And all of these initiatives and efforts really support kind of those, um, those pillars that I talked about. Uh, at, you know, as an example, like we, one of our, our social purpose programs is Internet for Good. Um, and that's where we provide low-cost internet, 10 bucks a month, um, to low-income families. Mm. Um, or, you know, Health for Good is another one where we have mobile health clinics in major urban centers across the country. And we will take these mobile health clinics um, to individuals where there's uh, large uh, homeless populations and we'll give them access to medical care, um, you know, mental health care that they wouldn't otherwise have access to. So these are some of the programs that we've chosen to invest in because they directly support um, these SDGs, as well as, of course, our, our larger social purpose. And, and while you're doing that, again, I, I got to ask, do you, do you put TELUS stickers on everything? Is it like, like, how, like to justify the marketing of it? Or, or what does that look like to be able to kind of bring it back to the purpose of marketing? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll be careful to give kind of recognition. So for instance, Internet for Good, I refer to it as TELUS yeah you know, tell us internet for good or uh, tell us wise is our digital literacy program. So where we can, we'll inject, you know, our tell us name and, yeah. and brand, but that's not certainly the, the priority. The priority is absolutely uh, making a difference, driving societal change and, and, you know, adding value in a way that, that, you know, a large telecommunications and technology firm can. Now, would you say that your kind of social purpose of, of TELUS is integrated with the kind of the, the business's core purpose and values? Do you see like, like, are you at all the meetings? Like, are you kind of, are you driven and baked into the core purpose of TELUS now at this point? Or is it, would you say it's a bit of a separate arm? Like what you do for good is over there and what the business is doing is over here. No, it's uh, very much integrated. Um, and everything that we do, like, like for instance, transforming healthcare, I talked about that as a pillar. Yeah. Um, some of the core products and services that we, we offer, um, you know, available for sale are transforming healthcare. So hmm. um, we're in the business of doing good while differentiating TELUS and growing our business. And I think the two shouldn't be separate. They should absolutely go hand in hand. And um, I think that's what's important, right? That that connection um, needs to be authentic as well. So one of the things we kind of pride ourselves on at Telus is giving back in a way that is aligned with our core business. 
um, and using kind of our tools and our technology to make a difference. That's awesome. Well, Tony, we got some marketers uh, listening in right now. We've got Rosalind, Sarah, Stephanie, Tessa. I see Nikki, Nicole, Megan, Logan, Kayla, Judy, just to name a few. Um, they want to know, did it work? Like, did that giving back to nurses actually work? Uh, because they all want to know, hey, is there a case here I can bring to my boss, to my supervisor? You know, can I put this in the budget for next year? Because, wow, Tony did something rad with shoes and it worked and it grew his business and he's going to do it again. So I need to know, are you going to do it again? And did it actually grow your business, the give back program? Um, I guess, like, first of all, how do you know all these people on, on the call? How do you know the oh, the, there's an attendee list here in Zoom. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, cool. Well, uh, we didn't expect it to work uh, initially. The, the core focus was to uh, really take like the budget that we had because we, we couldn't spend it on marketing because uh, during the height of COVID, um, our acquisition costs uh, skyrocketed. It mm -hmm. was too high. Just people weren't buying. So yeah. we had shifted that to um, our donations. And uh, yeah, it, I mean, it did work. Um, in a way that we lifted awareness, hmm. um, got people talking about the brand and, uh, we, we got the minds of like that specific community, like the nurses, uh, mm -hmm. lots of nurses talking about us. Uh, and then it became a more popular nurse shoe. So I guess in that sense, it did, it did work. Um, would we do it again? Um, yeah, uh, maybe not to that extent that that was a little extreme, but uh, the, because we are like a relatively small company, uh, and we don't have a lot of deployable cash, like we still have to pay our staff. Uh, we have, uh, an office that we don't use anymore that we're still paying rent for. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean like, uh, that showed us that we like, that's something that we truly cared about and that we want to continue to, to give back. Uh, just as long as we can sustain the business and sustain like ourselves, right? Like make sure that uh, we can still pay our staffs and uh, still manage to grow the company. So uh, rolling out of that initiative, we, we actually launched something else. Um, got all this like positive feedback and then a lot of negative, which was like, Hey, like, uh, well, like at least give us a discount um, or uh, do, do other positive things in other ways, right? Uh, for our yeah. community. Uh, yeah. So it got us thinking like right after we gave out our 2000 shoes, yeah. how could we continue to help without like making our company bankrupt? Um, yeah. And we came up with this new strategy, which was um, a choose what you pay initiative. So mm -hmm. we let people choose between three different price tiers. Mm -hmm. um, the difference in the lowest price tier, we would add to a community fund, which would then uh, the first wave was to go and purchase uh, surgical masks. Yeah. So uh, through that initiative, uh, we were able to give uh, the community or the people that, that needed shoes, um, even at a discount, uh, cheaper shoes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then for all those that you know had a little bit extra disposable, uh, they could contribute to economies of scale and we could actually purchase a lot of surgical masks to be donated to a healthcare society. And, Obviously we did like, we, we put ourselves forward first. So, uh, we made the initial purchase of uh, 30,000. That's, yeah. uh, that's what we could have afforded. 
Um, it's, it's the masks were pretty expensive, um, at the time. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but by the end of like our three week campaign, mm -hmm. uh, this choose what you pay initiative, we were able to raise enough money for a uh, little over 400,000 surgical masks uh, that were donated. That's awesome. So that's really cool. I think that's, that's a way where, you know, we're able to grow our brand mm -hmm. equity on, mm -hmm. on the marketing side. You put your marketing lens on, uh, give back to the community at the same time. Uh, and then at the tail end of it, like when we donate those masks again, uh, also uh, continue to raise brand equity. Yeah. So that campaign was closed after uh, three weeks. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we asked ourselves like, hey, like what, what more could we do? We, we had a ton of feedback flowing in uh, during those three weeks. And um, people were suggesting all sorts of different ways that we could give back. Uh, just like uh, John Krasinski's thing as well, uh, highlighting a lot of the positive news. We're like, well, we realize that, yeah, I mean, we're a small company. We're not Nike or any, any big uh, conglomerate where we can just distribute massive amounts of funds. But we realize that we have a community and what we can do for our community is give them uh, a voice. So um, we opened up the next wave of, of our community fund where we gave out um, micro donations uh, to people who want to actually do good within the community. Because from the feedback we were getting, we realized that our community, our, our people know their community best. And we, we shouldn't be the ones to assume what's good for their specific community. Hmm. Um, and again, with the little amount of money that we had, uh, that $100 grant that we would give mm -hmm. each person uh, could exponentialize and grow a lot within that one human to human connection. So amazing. We, we injected uh, our own money for that fund. Initially, we put in $100,000 of our own money uh, mm -hmm. to kickstart that fund. Um, and then we allowed people to, you know, submit an application and just say like what they're doing. And we, we got we got things ranging from like, Hey, like I could use this hundred dollars to uh, buy more filament because mm -hmm. we're printing uh, 3d masks, right? Mm -hmm. uh, 3d printing face shields. Mm -hmm. So that's great. Right. We could never do that ourselves, uh, mm -hmm. but a hundred dollars could, um, could go along uh, a long way uh, in, in that sense. Totally we had, um, awesome. yeah, we had kids uh, applying or, or with their parents and this one boy, I think his name was, uh, uh, I forgot his name, Nick or something maybe. And, um, he, he used to donate or make sandwiches with his mom and give them out to the homeless community. But since his mom had lost his job because of COVID, uh, now they're not able to give out as many sandwiches. Mm. So instead they have to feed themselves and take care of themselves. Uh, but the hundred dollars would allow him, uh, instead of using his own savings that he collected, uh, to use our money and make sandwiches and give it to the homeless people. That's really the cool. Community. So like wow. really human to human type yep. connections yeah. that if we can create that, um, one, it helps our brand, but for the most part, like we can create, uh, like small ripples, uh, on the, on the human level, uh, and support the community. And that's like one of our big pillars is like, how can we make, um, our, like, what can we do uh, 
to lift the community in, in a positive light. So yeah. uh, making people happier, uh, supporting communities um, at, at, all, at the smaller scale. Yeah. As, no as, as we continue to grow. Yeah. Um, Ruan, I need to ask you guys uh, as Coast Capital, as you, you plan your budget, as you plan your events, as you plan your campaigns, um, and those that are listening that are marketers, Darren and Cynthia and Claire, um, how do you filter and, and how do you embed that and ooze that into all that you do? Like, what does that look like? And then how do you measure it afterwards to say, hey, we did that and it spoke, you know, our business of good model, but it also was able to grow our brand at the same time. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so as, I mean, we are a, we're a credit union and, and a member owned cooperative. So mm. at our core of like, you know, our, we're, we're turning 80, I think this summer mm. and at the core of our business model, um, was really people coming together mm. to, to help people. And so this has been embedded in our business for a long time, but um, as, as we've grown, we've had to get more sophisticated um, to be able to, um, to, to narrow the focus um, in a way that we could actually make an impact. So, you know, rather than just sort of spreading our, our dollars mm -hmm. everywhere, um, how can we actually choose an area that makes sense for us uh, to, to be able to mm -hmm. really make a true impact? So, you know, that's been an important piece um, of the evolution of kind of our giving approach through the years. Um, and a large portion of our, our funding and community programs are focused on youth and giving back to youth. Mm -hmm. um, that's actually a broad range though. So I think we look at youth somewhere in the age range of 13 to 29, because mm -hmm. actually what we know, and this is one of the reasons why we focus on this area, is that youth today face more challenges than mm -hmm. really sort of, you know, any generation before them. And as a mm -hmm. result, um, they're on a delayed traje trajectory. So you may think, oh, 29, like that's a young person. That seems kind of old, but because mm -hmm. that sort of path and that journey through life is delayed and they're not necessarily moving through as quickly as older generations, mm -hmm. um, that's why sort of we extend that out to that level. And uh, in, in terms of, in terms of measuring impact, um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest here and say it's not always easy. Mm -hmm. um, there's certainly, you know, we certainly do look at, um, you know, overall sort of brand awareness, consideration, um, you know, and, and consider a big part of the role of that work um, in, in driving consideration and specifically within that youth group, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so that's sort of a strategic um, target audience for us as well. So it, it lines up and makes sense in that way. Um, but we are starting to get more sophisticated in terms of looking at things like um, uh, our employee volunteer mm -hmm. hours as, mm -hmm. as, great, as driving impact. So that would be more of an impact metric. Um, but we might also look at youth acquisition numbers. Mm -hmm. So if we are really, you know, doing right by youth and are sort of appealing to that group through our giving model, then hopefully we're seeing the business grow um, in that segment as well. That's awesome. Um, William, um, this is kind of a two-part question. One is uh, Tessa would like to know as a crown agency, um, have you felt the pressure during COVID to be supporting um, organizations that are giving back and that are doing good? 
And with that, are you seeing a movement? Are you seeing a growth in more people having a give back strategy tagged onto what they do or a give back strategy baked into who they are? Great question. Um, yeah, two part question. The first one is, yeah, so how is NFAPC reactive or has there been pressure for us to do more because we're the government? And so the answer is yes. I think the first step for us was to listen. Um, we really wanted to understand how COVID was affecting uh, technology businesses and industries across BC. So that was the first thing we did. And then once we learned that the biggest thing businesses, no surprise, were suffering with uh, was, was capital money, um, we took a number of steps to make it easier for tech companies in BC to get the funding that they needed for their businesses. So we removed barriers to for applications. We doubled the amount of funding for some of our talent grants. We partnered with organizations like MyTax um, on a, a thousand, basically we invested $375,000 in internships for businesses that were working on 19 solutions. Mm -hmm. uh, and then the other thing that we often spend a lot of time is um, government can't do everything, but we certainly can showcase and highlight um, what organizations are doing in the province. So we spend a significant amount of time showcasing the work that is already being done to help businesses in BC. And then uh, the other question I think was more specific to what I'm seeing with businesses. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, the trends and yeah. Yeah, I think um, with a lot of the tech companies that I interact with in BC, uh, what they're really good at is uh, looking at, you know, what are the resources we have? And then they're also looking at how can we develop relationships with our customers? And so you've got companies, and Darren, you did a lot of good writing on this already. Companies like like Unbounce, which is a landing page mm -hmm. marketing platform, right? So, you know, that's the tools that they have at their disposal. So they gave those tools away for free to businesses. So not only were they, again, they obviously take a marketing hit for that, but I'm sure that they developed uh, significant relationships with uh, customers along down the road, right? So that was probably a lead generation exercise for them. There's also companies like Right Metric. They do, again, digital marketing, advising, and analysis online. You know, overnight, every business had to become basically a technology or a digital business, right? So uh, they similarly basically gave away their digital platform for free. And I'm sure in the throughout that process, developed leads and, and new customers. And then even before all of this, there are a lot of tech companies in BC. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of Charitable Impact. So giving back is, is basically in their DNA. Companies use Charitable Impact to manage their, their charitable giving, right? And so every year they have a really cool event called TechPong, uh, where they bring together uh, like 40 to 50 tech companies in the province. And in order to participate, companies need to raise $2,000 for their charity of choice. So through that charitable impact, obviously they build brand awareness about their product. All the companies that participate need to sign on to their platform. So they're using the platform. And then uh, inherent in the exercise of um, TechPong and the raising of the funds, um, many different organizations across the province actually get those funds that are raised, right? Mm -hmm. So um, there's this tremendous work that's done there. And then awesome. before I knew TELUS was on this, uh, on this call, I had <laughs> a full page of notes on all the good stuff TELUS was doing, which is pretty funny. Um, and I'm a lifelong TELUS customer. So That's love awesome. It. That's great. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Nibi, um, Nicole wants to know, I want to know, um, and I'm sure others do, those that have never had a give back strategy before, those that have yet to kind of dip their toe in the pool, um, you know, if we're the CMO, the marketing director, the PR person, social media person, whatever our role is here on this panel or listening to this show afterwards on a podcast, 
Um, what's your advice for those that maybe want to kind of get their feet wet and, and maybe give a pitch or proposal to the kind of the, the C-suite or the owner of the company to say, hey, I want to try this and this is how we'll measure it to see if our company grew to start doing something good with their business. What's your advice for those that want to kind of, you know, from the master, you know, to, to maybe kind of a Padawan here that wants to learn how to start swinging that lightsaber sword. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say that, you know, when you're, if, if you're trying to persuade individuals within your organization on the importance of giving back, um, you know, I would engage them on understanding like what they see as the key issues. So, you know, I talked earlier about our social purpose and our social purpose pillars. We didn't decide on those in isolation. So we engaged our customers, our communities, our team members to help us define these areas of focus. And I think that's really critical when you're starting out is to engage um, the community, um, including your team members and, and your executive on, on what the key issues are. And I think if they're bought in and they have that ability to provide that input from the get-go, they're more likely to, to support. Um, so that would be my first. Um, I think it's really important that we ensure that all business leaders really acknowledge the fact that like, businesses can only thrive when the community thrives. And I feel like our current situation in the pandemic is a perfect example of that, right? Like, generally speaking, you know, with the exception of the Walmarts and the Amazons that are, are doing really well, given the current situation, generally speaking, there's been tremendous downward pressure on our economy. And that's because of what society and our communities are dealing with right now. So I think making that connection evident is, is also important. Um, I would also say that there's a lot of research actually that connects the value of social purpose and giving back to uh, brand equity and the growth in, in brands. Um, there's actually some research that says that um, organizations where customers and society believe they're doing good mm -hmm. tend to grow at two times the rate of other organizations that aren't focused on social capitalism and social purpose. Yeah. So, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a ton of other kind of research and stats that would help you make that, that argument. Um, and then I would say, you know, lastly, it's really important if you are going to be, you know, pitching something to your executive or your leadership about how you can give back, um, to position it as a longer term strategy. So at TELUS, like this isn't something that we've just started doing recently. It's been, it's been an ongoing kind of journey and evolution, um, but it's not something that you can start and then stop. So um, it has to be kind of a longer term investment in area of focus. Um, and then I talked earlier about authenticity. Um, you need to find areas in which you can give back that are aligned with kind of your corporate strengths and uh, unique abilities to give back and make a difference. So it's not about kind of just jumping on the bandwagon, like people are giving out, you know, free stuff right now. So let's, let's give out free stuff as well. It's about using um, your business for good in a way that is aligned. Um, so like an example would be uh, TELUS Mobility for Good, um, it, you know, pre-pandemic. Mobility for Good was focused on providing youth aging out of foster care with a free phone and a rate plan. Um, and it's just, you know, it's a, a, a tough time in their life when they're transitioning out of, out of care. Um, so it gives them that lifeline to be able to stay connected to family, uh, social support, helps them find a job, um, all of those types of things. When the pandemic hit, we um, saw significant opportunity to help provide similar connectivity to, um, you know, other vulnerable Canadians that were also struggling, um, you know, helping connect hospitalized uh, COVID-19 patients um, mm. with, with family uh, yeah. virtually. So um, 
again, we, you know, we, we thought very carefully about how to respond, how we can best use our assets and our technology to support. And um, we ended up donating actually 10,000 devices worth uh, almost $9 million um, to hundreds of uh, not-for-profit organizations across the country um, to, to provide that really important connectivity. So it's about being authentic in what you do as well and um, looking inward to see where you can make the biggest impact. All right, next question we got um, from Nicole as well. Uh, and maybe anyone wants to jump in on this one, uh, but what do you do with the haters? Um, I know, Tony, I actually, I, I saw some of them in the thread on that giveaway, which I was so surprised by the, that you were giving away sneakers. But what have you guys done when people criticize? Maybe you, you know, they didn't like that you went rainbow for a part. You don't like that you didn't go black. They, love it. they didn't like that you didn't say anything. Like, what do you do when people criticize um, when you're attempting to do good? or maybe when you're not doing good enough? How do you respond to that? Um, so I guess there's two approaches, right? There's the marketing approach and then there's the, um, the business approach. I think uh, to start like with the business approach, uh, I actually wrote down here, but I think if like the social criticism or the negativity is outweighing the amount of good that you can actually do, um, mm -hmm then you should review it. Uh, but if the good that you can do uh, is going to like basically be affected by the survival of your company, mm -hmm. uh, like future survival uh, that people are going to boycott you, uh, Facebook, mm -hmm. for example, uh, then you should probably look to do a pivot, um, mm -hmm. like pivot your social strategy uh, slightly. So it kind of adheres to uh, the criticism. At the end of the day, like your company can't survive if you don't have customers. So, um, and then if your company can't survive, you can't do good. You can't be the voice for your community. Uh, you can't be that sounding board. So, uh, it, it's kind of a fine line. Um, yeah. So, and then like with the marketing side, uh, you know, if, if, if it's like people who are like, oh, well, uh, like don't run this offer if you're not going to give everyone shoes. Um, I, I mean, we know that that's like that's some pretty small thinking. Yeah. Um, so on the marketing side, you can call them out. Um, like you can call them out because right now you have, you have more positive supporters than okay. haters. Yeah. Um, uh, transparency online, like really comes out and, and shows, right? So yeah. if you, as a company, uh, opening yourself up and become vulnerable, mm. uh, you get a massive, additional supporters yeah. uh, that come to your rescue. Like no one likes to be kicked. Like if you're on the internet and like you're, you're already in pain, um, generally people will come and not kick you while you're down. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, so you like on the marketing side, you can, you can play that up a bit. Um, but you know, if, if what they're saying is actually true, uh, you, have to, you have to see it from their point of view as well, right? Like, yeah. Is it true that maybe we, we shouldn't have run, run this offer if we couldn't give out shoes to everyone? Yeah. Um, so we, we did look at that side and the answer was like, no, um, we, yeah. yeah, it's like, of course not. Um, yeah. You're not Oprah so, Winfrey giving shoes to everyone. I mean, even Oprah can't do that. Right? No, so, no. It's just who's um, in the audience at the time. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, like as long as the, the benefits are going to outweigh, yeah. The, the negatives, um, you, you should stay the course, right? Because okay. you set on with that, that initial, initial yeah. focus, but I don't know, like, what, what do you think? What would you Glenn, do? You were going to say something there? 
Yeah, I, uh, I think it's a, I totally agree, um, Tony. And um, I think it has, you have to reflect on, you know, your core values and beliefs of an organization and, and really use those as a filter to make sure that your actions are right for you. So I'm sure everybody would have seen that over the last several weeks, there were a lot of um, big brands that took flack for um, uh, coming forward with um, support of anti-racism and Black Lives Matter and were called out, right, um, mm -hmm. by, by different um, sort of stakeholders and community members and former customers or employees, et cetera, that, you know, that it's, it's not fair for you to come forward and say this uh, when, I when I have this example of how you did exactly the opposite, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I think, I think you have to, you have to look at what you're doing, um, but before you're doing it and as you make those decisions, um, but I'll give you another example of, of kind of staying true to your values as well. Uh, you mentioned the pride piece, um, Darian, mm -hmm. like the rainbow yeah. logos and, um, you know, I think again, hold, hold to your values. So, mm -hmm. uh, we did that a few years ago for, uh, for the first time. I know everybody does it now, but, uh, and, uh, a member didn't like it. Um, they mm -hmm. commented on social that, yeah. you know, want to bank with us anymore. And, uh, unless we took it down and, you know, we were able to reflect and go, well, you know what, this is actually who we are at coast. So yeah. unfortunately, if you don't want to bank with us, then we'd be happy to close your account, yeah. but we're down and we stand in solidarity with this community. Yeah. So again, you know, there's different ways to do that and to exercise yeah. that, but it's, it's who you are that needs to drive those decisions. Yeah. And even yeah, I'm laughing at ourselves, our, our, our logo is rainbow all year long as jelly, but, I, but <laughs> you, you look at um, a LinkedIn, you know, and, and talking to the guys at LinkedIn, it's like they went for an all black logo and then they're like, well, when do we switch to the rainbow? It's June. How do, when do we do it? So they you said half the month is going to be black logo. And the other half, I don't know if you've noticed this yet, when you're on LinkedIn, the other half the month is going to be a rainbow logo. So they're really working to get, get everything in there uh, and the struggle with that. So there's an old saying, uh, when a tree falls in a forest yeah, and, and no one's there, you know, does it make a sound, right? I, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but uh, the whole idea is if you make a donation, Nimi, TELUS makes a donation, Rowan, if, if Coast Capital makes a donation and you don't get the photo with the big check, you don't get any press release from it. You don't get any news, earned media from it. Did, was it actually good for the company is my question. Yeah, I, I would say absolutely 100%. Like the awareness may not be as broad or as large as you would want it to be, um, but you've still made a difference. You've made an impact and you've, you've lived your social purpose. Um, and, and again, social purpose isn't something that we do just to jump on the bandwagon. It's, it's because we want to, you know, we want to make a difference. And so if you're making a difference, even if it's impacting, you know, one organization and, you know, hundreds of other organizations don't know about it, you've still made a difference. And I think, um, you know, at the end of the day, those small um, acts of giving um, add up to something much bigger um, and they really do make, make a difference. And I know impact measurement can be difficult as, you know, Roland alluded yeah. to. It's, it's not always an easy thing to, to accomplish, but yeah. when you re reflect back over multiple years, you do really see how you've moved the needle and it isn't necessarily just one big campaign or one large act of giving that moves the needles. It's usually the sum of the parts and the smaller, um, you know, individual actions that added up to something much larger. 
So um, we've all heard of, maybe you haven't, but there's eHarmony and there's Tinder. There's all these sorts of apps that connect people in relationships. William, I need to know, does the technology exist to connect like a Tinder style, connect a business to a charity that have similar values and they can mutually benefit each other? Oh, interesting question. Um, so charitable impact, which I mentioned, actually does sort of do that. Uh, so okay. I, yeah. As a database, uh, they work with, again, companies and individuals who want to give money. And then they also work with uh, charities that want to optimize ways that they uh, receive funds and um, charity from other organizations. So check that out. There's actually another um, company called Trellis. They're based out of Kelowna, and they also are a platform to help charities connect with um, people who want to give to them. But also encourage you to go to Trellis. I think, yeah, because no matter how big or how little you are, maybe you're big enough that people know to apply to your foundation. Um, but if you're too, you're smaller, how do you find those right fits that kind of align with your organization's vision, whether it's animals, people, you know, the environment and the different causes? Yeah. Maybe, maybe anyone want to share with maybe a product or a service you purchased or engaged with that you, you engaged because of something you saw or read or researched about them being uh, a social good organization. I'll, I'll go first. I, I can, or go oh, ahead. You go ahead. <laughs> I was, I was just going to say like Tom's is uh, a brand okay. that we really love for every pair of shoes that you buy, they yeah. donate a pair of shoes and um, that's one that we think is super meaningful. And, yeah. you know, my daughter, I have a 12 year old uh, daughter oh, yeah. at home and she loves Tom's for that very reason. So oh, that's yeah. one that stands out to me. Yeah. William, I think you want. I, I was going to say, tell us again. Um, and I already talked about tell us, but um, so I, I've only been in Vancouver for about five years, but I was really excited weirdly maybe because i'm a marketer i was excited to live in vancouver because that's where telus hq is and so i worked like down the road from telus and but i remember like 10 years ago um watching telus ads and funny back to your question barry about like if you do good stuff and no one hears about it does it matter i guess it's like yes and no but at the same time my goodwill towards telus is because i know about everything you've done so it, it sort of does matter right so William, the, the, before I go on to Rowan and Tony, have you been into the lobby and played their piano? I, I, I haven't played it, but I, I've, I've watched some very talented people okay. play it. And I've gone to the restaurant there for many drinks. Yeah, very cool. Very cool. <laughs> Rowan, <laughs> Rowan, purchase well, service that you, you got because of... Uh... Well, I, I have to say like, I'm terrible this way in that I like I'll use kind of that conscious consumerism as like an excuse to shop and I mentioned Patagonia earlier and I'm I'm a little obsessed with um with their gear um and and their clothes and everything else but I have to say part of the reason why and and maybe this is part of my rationalization process but is they they will actually fix stuff so mm -hmm. if I buy you know a jacket for my kids it's an investment but when that zipper breaks, I just take mm -hmm. it to the store and then they fix it and ship it back to me. So it's yeah. it's incredible to be able to kind of con continue that on and also set that example uh, to the young people in my life too. They did one of the most, I think, creative Black Friday ads where they told everyone to not buy their products. They said, don't buy us. And then in fine print, it was like, well, you know, stop consuming, don't need to keep creating more garbage and waste for the world. Because our product lasts, anyways. If you do buy it, you, you don't need to buy more of it. You you shouldn't buy anymore because it, it you know we'll fix it and it'll last forever. It was a brilliant ad because in the midst of everyone trying to get you to buy something, they took out a full page ad that said, "Don't buy us." 
no. Good for Patagonia. Tony, product service you recently purchased. Oh man, I don't really buy products. Um, yeah, that's it. a hard one. <laughs> yeah, well, I the one that the, the big ones that come to mind is is someone like like Google, right? Um, they have branches in all sorts of things uh, that they do, and uh, of course, like being such a massive company, you get a lot of flack for not being on the right side all the time, and it's it's really difficult to do that, but. Um, um, like they have like many different charitable pro programs. Um, they have, um, they have scholarships set up, uh, they, they support like, uh, education. Um, so you feel good, but you feel good buying Google ads from Google because of that stuff. I don't, I don't feel good, uh, okay. purchasing directly. Like it's, I know that the company does good, uh, cool. but it's not like implicitly tied to a specific product. I think okay. uh, the first thing that comes to mind is probably Patagonia for that reason, because it's very singular in its focus um, yeah. and they're very vocal about what they do. Um, awesome. And to like, I mean, your, your last question, like if, if a tree falls down, no one cares about it, did it, doesn't matter, right? Like, and it, it does, um, but it should be, like you're going to generate more impact uh, with more people hearing about it uh, and you're going to do more good. So yeah. Uh, Rowan, awesome. you made a reference to 10 tree Vancouver based here in BC. Tell us about 10 tree. Those that don't know about it and you can fat, show, show off what you got there. What are you wearing there? Yeah, well, I just have this shirt that I bought online during the pandemic. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> and, uh, and um, it's the, you know, good for business, good for casual. Yeah. Um, nice to wear it so that's cool thanks everyone um but yeah so tentry uh, you probably heard of them um they they plant ten trees for um every piece of clothing that you buy you can verify that uh through sort of the the tag that they send you along with your clothing item um but i think that they have a really interesting story like i think if i'm not mistaken um it may have been you that shared this with me darian tentry actually I think was formed by a group of, of people that wanted to create um, more impact. Mm -hmm. And they realized actually that they could do that best by creating a business mm -hmm. that was purpose driven that would mm -hmm. allow them to do more good. So instead of setting up a nonprofit, yeah. it was a, it was a business that really drove that for them. So, you know, I think that's just it, right. It's, it's that cycle of kind of shared value when the, when, um, when the business does good, um, we can do good elsewhere. And that, that circle really needs to continue. Um, and I think that's gonna be more and more true as we get further into the future. Yeah, I love that saying as the tide rises, all boats rise. And, and Tentree is a great kind of BC model where their giving back was baked into what they do. So if you go work at Tentree, it's baked in. You don't have to convince them to give back. It's already in their DNA and in their model. So I, I, I like what Nimi said about like, trying to convince your boss like if you're one thing to think about if you're trying to convince your boss maybe that's not the right place to work maybe one thing even during interviews maybe you ask hey is this built into your system or have you baked this in yet or are you open to me making sure that giving back is part of this program instead of trying to just chuck them in there every once in a while so i think a lot of us have been baking during covid and so we've now realized as you bake things into things you can actually get them into uh you know the dna of your bread 
Um, we're just going to wrap up now. We're just about at the end of our session together. You have been amazing. Thank you for sharing so many great ideas. Uh, Rowan, I know that Stephanie would still like to know more about your close capital savings programs for youth. So um, the great thing is BCMA um, has everyone listed on their website with their LinkedIn profile. So if you want to reach out to anyone uh, and ask more questions, totally do that. Uh, this session is actually being recorded and will be going out on Marketing Jam, which is a podcast about marketing uh, issues, topics, anything relevant when it comes to the world of growing your brand, uh, the weekly show. So this should be in on about a month or so. So look for that if you want to share this session with any of your friends, family, your coworkers, your boss, anyone you work with to let them know about the idea of giving back. And just a little bit of housekeeping. Um, People make your way back to the schedule page on the event platform for the next presentation starting uh, in three minutes. There'll be two presentations to choose from. The first is Generational Impact on COVID on Gen Zs with Ann Boyson. And we'll be covering how unprecedented events and pandemic have impacted Generation Z and how they will interact with brands and which emerging needs uh, you may see in teen and young adult markets. Very cool. Uh, second is The Stressless Routine with Nicole Porter. Lovely. Nicole will be teaching us the ideal routine to help busy type A professionals maintain optimal health, mindset, and productivity during and after this pandemic. Maybe it's a nice little meditation session, or maybe not. She'll just maybe be telling you to meditate and download these apps. Um, but Nimi, thank you so much. It's a, been a real pleasure to have you here. Um, I think, uh, you know, I, I think many of our Zooms are powered by TELUS at the moment, and it's so neat to see that um, you guys continue to give back and continue to be Thank a leader you. in that, I think, for so many brands. So what an honor to have you here. Rowan, I am a Coast Capital Savings member, proud one here in Fort Langley. It is also the only bank in our town, um, but also I've been a member when it used to be uh, Richmond Savings and then they merged and I had this cool dinosaur t-shirt. Um, so I haven't got a cool t-shirt since then, but that's okay. I still love you guys. Thank you. Um, New t-shirt coming your way. Thank you for being here. It's meant a lot. Um, really fun to watch what Coast Capital is doing, especially from the B Corp world and helping even translate the B Corp world, which can, I think, be complicated to some people, but to break it down like that, it's just really helpful. William, you are a legend. Um, just your ability to work with Queen Elizabeth uh, and her beautiful crown and all the good people in our government. Um, thank you for helping spend their money, uh, her crown jewels, on the amazing innovation coming out of BC. Um, Tony, you've kept my feet dry for many uh, jaunts in the wet grass here in BC, the rainy weather. Um, I love that nursing thing. I tagged a bunch of my friends that are nurses on that. I was really inspired by it. Tagged my brother, who's a doctor. Um, just thought it was such a great campaign. And even to see the case study afterwards, how your business has grown and continues to grow in a nice homegrown BC company. Really pleasure. Been a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you so much for everyone for making time. And uh, AMA, thank you for hosting us. It's 1230. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Happy Friday and have a great weekend. And we'll see you later. Thanks for listening to Marketing Jam. If you enjoyed the show, head over to our YouTube or Facebook and give us a thumbs up and visit iTunes to leave a rating and review. Thanks again and see you next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.